from Kentucky and Republic Broadcasting Network, please go to rbnbroadcast.org. Smash the donate, send the much-needed fundage to keep free speech alive. You can mail your check or money order payable to RBN. Send that to 251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 7864. Call in your debit or credit card number to 1-800-724-2719. Extension 3, Keep Free Speech Alive. And this is your Friday Night Health and Wellness broadcast with special guest tonight, Ryan Dawson. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's been a while. Good to be back. Thank you. I really enjoyed uh, hearing something from Mike Rivero today on what really happened. And uh, had a great guest, uh, Kevin Aaron. Did I say that name properly? Yeah, I can. He's a doctor that lives out here in Japan, and we he actually we spoke at the same event in Texas. And I thought uh, when I heard I was subbing on Mike's show, why not give him a call? Same time zone. He's very knowledgeable on the subject. So and we had some good call-ins too. It's good. Like the RBN audience is with it. You know, they they're very nuanced. So it was fun. I like the interplay. It's freedom of speech. So, I mean, we have callers, hosts, um, that have you know, they shouldn't virus. And that's fine. Debated here. Um, and have large range. But I called in uh, tonight to y'all's show. Um, this is something that the uh, topic that you breached. Um, AIDS. And mm-hmm. So this article, there's a uh, New York Times article in 1982. Uh, and, and just to surmise it, um, back then there were kids here related immune deficiency uh, because it was predominantly among gay men and junkies. And as a matter of fact, like congressional hearings read through the article uh, and shut down bathhouses in California. Um, and the, the thing that I wanted to bring up is it wasn't the lifestyle. I mean, you know, you could argue whether it was lifestyle or not, but mm-hmm. was it lifestyle? Um, because, you know, when these homosexuals do anal intercourse, I mean, it really destroys the body. Um, and they're also they, taking lots of poppers, which is a muscle relaxant, and it, it lowers the immune system. Yeah, and I looked into that. It appears to be both. So if you look at, like, a disease like typhus or something, it really only hits, like, prisoners or people who are, like, starving or something that has made them immune compromised, and then they all get it. But it's not that, like, doing prison work causes typhus. It's just that it's a disease that hits when your body is wrecked already. And a lot of the homosexual lifestyle, in San Francisco at least, is a very 
um, party popping, pill popping sort of overlap with re- recreational drugs. Anal sex is, you know, that's an exit for a reason. And they get anal fissures and they, they guys walking around in their fifties wearing diapers because they can't hold their, um, fecal matter inside anymore. And so it was a bit of both like HIV is pretty harmless. You can live with it unless your immune system dips for some other reason, then you're going to end up with AIDS. And that's why you have people like magic Johnson, David Copperfield, whatever that live with AIDS forever. and doesn't seem to matter. But you, when you get some other factor that is wiping out immunity, then it gets hit hard with AIDS. That happened in places in Africa that would have malaria or malnutrition or some other factor plus HIV. Then you had AIDS, and so it's a bit of both. It's about you know keeping your having the right li- lifestyle, good healthy diet, food is very important. Um, getting nutrition, staying away from drugs. If you did all that, then you can live with some of these uh, microbes. They won't get they won't get to you. They won't be harmful at least. But uh, there is a virus there. It's just it doesn't really affect you until something else wipes out your immune system. And the claim was, oh no, AIDS is wiping out your T cells. Those are like the generals of your white blood cells. And blah, blah, blah. like, no, AIDS isn't doing that. Uh, drugs is doing that. And some of the AIDS medications that Fauci and others prescribe actually made it worse. Without that, wiped out red blood cells. So <laughs> that's yeah, what, that, I, what I wanted to bring up is, you know, Fauci very early on. And I, well, and Matilda Krim, she worked on the same drugs. The Ergun agent that was sleeping with Lyndon Johnson the day the Six Day War broke out. Uh, these people are career criminals. Dr. Fauci straight up lied to Congress about gain of function. He was parsing words to say, well, we didn't, we, the NIH, did not fund gain of function research in Wuhan. It's like, yes, you did, through an intermediary. You funded Echo Health, who funded Wuhan. That's, you know, they're, he's a weasel. And I hope the new Congress will bring them before and get some answers. Uh, they need to bring all these tech giants in before them, too, and say just how much, how many FBI, CIA employees did you have in here censoring journalists? Because that's against the Constitution. And we just, like you said before, we don't have the freedom to have this discussion. Like, if you are to talk about the the lifestyle of homosexuals, it's like, well, you're homophobic, blah, 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 and that's it. In the conversation, not allowed to talk. And so, yeah, they're going to think, well, if we don't have dialogue, and people are still going to think, well, I, just, I don't even think there's a virus. I think gays were dying because of their lifestyle, and it's politically incorrect to admit that. And that's not an uh, unreasonable thing to think when you're not allowed to talk about it, right? This is why all these discussions are important. But as far as as far as the AIDS virus itself, though, that also seems like it may have been from lab research. It doesn't really have any cousins or anything out there. There's sieves, but it's sort of out of the blue, which is not how evolution works. Uh, it's uh, may have been from testing on primates, but I'm not a PhD or anything, so <laughs> I'm just repeating what I've heard from interviewing different doctors about it. I just really wish we could have a more open discussion about these topics, but they're too taboo because the political correctness, you can't, you can't ever attribute anything to the behavior of how homosexuals in San Francisco was, you know, having 200 partners and things like this, but that's, that'll rip your soul apart. Well, I mean, they, so you we're about the same age. So I think you remember in the late 80s, um, you know, 88, 89, I was 12, 13. Uh, and they were trying to really, uh, for, they were trying to really um, meme the issue that, oh, heterosexuals can get it too. And um, I even heard crazy stuff like you can get AIDS from drinking after someone. And it, mm-hmm. it was fear mongering. But I mean, you look at the data. I mean, we have data now that we can, we can look at. In retrospect, it was very uncommon among heterosexual, especially monogamous heterosexual relationships. Um, You'd almost have to have had a blood transfusion or something because it wasn't really spreading 
among heterosexuals. But heterosexual so, men, almost all of them, are not having two or three hundred partners. Well, that plus, like, vaginal intercourse just wasn't a thing to spread AIDS. Even even if a man, like, went out and had, like, a lot of girlfriends in a year, you know, um, a, a person was, uh, and I don't advocate, I'm a Christian, so I don't have any of that, but I'm just saying, like, again, each one of those girls isn't having 300 partners either. You see, in the gay community, they're sharing microbes at a much faster rate because you have two male sex drives. So everybody's doing everybody. Like, basically, I, every gay man had been with every other gay man in San Francisco. The, the point that I'm trying to bring up that I want you to comment on is there is a difference in anal intercourse and vaginal intercourse. I know that's disgusting, but... Oh, well, yeah, there definitely is. I mean, one can make a baby, the other can't. A, a vagina is self-lubricating. Um, you would need assistance uh, the other route. You're taking the back road. That's just, you're not supposed to put things up there. It's uh, it's a waste disposal system. That's the that's the sewage pipe. You're not supposed to go in reverse. Um, and if, not all if, gays do that either. Some do other things. They don't do that one. But it is very prominent. And uh, there's a lot of other diseases and septus and things you get in anal fissures and bleed. It's just nasty. Um, in addition to this, but. It was the combination of that with all the recreational drugs that I think was the double whammy for the gay community, mostly in San Francisco. It wasn't gays everywhere, but in California, there's a huge drug scene on top of it, and that's uh, that's where the AIDS outbreaks were. Well, one more thing I want to comment on, like I had Patrick actually, and I discussed this, um, and Patrick Slattery, and he was mentioning that like in Japan uh, – 80s, there was um, an outspread of, of AIDS because of uh, blood transfusions. You know, oh, and so I mean, like people who are in that in that uh, demographic, the the, the junkies, uh, the homos. I mean, they're donating blood to get money, and I would attribute that to how it would spread to like non-homosexuals in Japan. Well, again, too, if you're in need of a blood transfusion, your immune system isn't doing too well, right? So right. it's people who are immune compromised for some other reason. You needed blood, you did drugs, you did something, and you got those microbes, then they would do a number on you. So was that a There wasn't a big AIDS, like Japan's like 0.001 or something percentage. And the, the other thing with the statistics on AIDS, though, is different countries have different criteria for what counts as AIDS. And so they didn't do an antibody test in a lot of third world places. It's just based on combining symptoms. And they're pretty vague. It's like, well, do you have a fever, uh, diarrhea, and a rash, which could be a whole bunch of things. Maybe you have AIDS. And they did that to push uh, different vaccinations and AIDS medication especially in Africa. And so it was like, oh, look at the pandemic of AIDS in Africa. No, not everybody in Africa is getting AIDS. Just got categorized as AIDS because you had very low bar definition for what counted as AIDS. And it could have been any number of things. But they did it because then they got to push the AIDS drugs. But once they pushed in the AIDS drugs, which are harmful, they like created their own problem. And then they had to go resolve that. Go And then blame that on AIDS, of course. And so it was cyclical. I, mean, I think we can both agree that, like, Fauci and the you know pharmaceutical industrial complex, we call it that, really capitalized on this. Instead of telling people to adjust their lifestyles, they just sold them drugs that would make them live longer. Worse, they sold them drugs and locked them down. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ill health effects, mentally and physically, from lockdowns. Alcoholism went up, suicide rates went up, obesity went up from being sedentary, uh, from having lockdowns, and and also wearing masks. It destroyed social settings. You can't go out. You can't even see someone smile. They put masks on kids, and they're seeing. They don't know when it's going to end. You know, they have Zoom class in some instances, so they're not socializing with people their age. They canceled sports. It was miserable for a lot, for especially for extroverts. 
Uh, they love being around people and socializing and enjoy school. And that was taken away from those people. And they were utterly miserable. And a lot of them did drugs. Fentanyl abuse went up. Everything went up. And then it was in combination with, uh, you know, once Biden became president, they had, you could throw on supply chain crisis and, you know, inflation and gas hike and all that and get locked down and more masks. And there wasn't an end in sight. And then they come out with these vaccines and like, you're not allowed to travel unless you have this. And in many cases, the military airlines, like if you don't have this, you can't have a job. And those are getting people sick. And, and if you reported about it, you, they denied it. You know, no, it's a coincidence. It's not though. I mean, it's coming out now that, yes, there is a link between myocarditis and these shots they were giving people. And they're not vaccines. They keep calling them that. But it's mRNA therapy, which is different. And it, it seems to give people cardiovascular problems. It could be it doesn't, doesn't blend well with steroids. It doesn't blend well with something else. But something, some combination out there is causing a lot of athletes and things to get sick from this. Uh, a lot of young people are sick from the jab. And the jab is, for low-risk categories, more harmful than corona was, especially for children. And corona is really not an issue. But the vaccine, uh, it's like Russian roulette. It, it might not harm you at all, maybe 95%. But you know, there's some percentage that are getting seizures and heart problems or even death. And getting back, to, yeah, you can't even talk about it without getting censored. Getting back to the AIDS thing, um, I sent you this article, um, the, the Journal of American Medical Association, and this sort of did a uh, an analysis of research between '94 and 2012. This is funding, talking about disease uh, burden versus funding. So diabetes is definitely the most, the highest in America, in, in the world, actually, according to this article. Mm. Just some numbers here. All right. Um, 1.2 million people in the U.S. have HIV or AIDS as of 2012. This is old data, but we can go with it. 13.4 million people with cancer and 9 million people with diabetes. But yet, uh, the NIH spends over $2,500 per year on people with HIV and AIDS, $418 per year on people with cancer, and $38 per year per person. Um, diabetes. So the funding is way um, out. I mean, that makes you just think that, you know, um, instead of telling people to change their lifestyles, I mean, they are making money in um, funneling money on the stage. So, well, it's uh, like diabetes is one that's for for most of the cases would have been preventable if people ate differently. And instead of not for everyone, but there's a lot of like it's, it's just death by sugar for some people, and you know they would need insulin injections and all this, but. The FDA, I mean, you can eat basically concentrated high fructose corn syrup, and then you wonder why there's so many diabetics. But uh, it's like Ben Franklin said, you know, an ounce of, of cures better, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. But they like uh, reacting to it. it. They don't make profit if you're healthy or dead. They just want you sick and on pills for your whole life. Let's take, let's take this break, Ryan, and anybody that wants to call in, we'll take some calls, 512-248-8252, back on the other side. Consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. 
Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. And one of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Friday Night Podcast of Health and Wellness in Plain Sight. This is Jeremy, special guest Ryan Dawson. Um, we breached the, t- the topic of high fructose corn syrup and diabetes. And I was just going to make the point that um, since the 1950s, I mean, diabetes has increased tremendously. And that correlates with the increase of the use of high fructose corn syrup in our diets and everything. I mean, bread. Basically, what should they buy? So I wanted to get your comments on that. And, um, you know, on the show, we talk about uh, changing behavior, your health habits, 
Um, I'm infamous for fat shaming. Um, I've gotten a lot of flack from it, but I'm not going to back down. Um, you know, your diet matters. And cutting out sodas and bread uh, and all of these things that they put the high fructose corn syrup in, that's going to tremendously um, benefit your health if you cut these things out. And I think in America especially, um, there is a correlation with the rise of diabetes and the use of high fructose corn syrup. Do you have a comment, Brian? I think it's the combination of the food and the sedentary lifestyle. People are sitting in a chair or on their phone or looking at a computer, Netflix, the internet, whatever, or TV, and they're not out and about as much as they used to be in, say, the 80s. The 80s also had corn syrup and things. We had some, some big biggins now and then, but... If you're eating like that and you're not moving around, you're not athletic, you're going to balloon. And like the average weight of American women is 167 pounds. And the average weight for black women in America is 185 pounds. In Japan, it's 116. And that's for the same height. 116. 116 in the U.S. is supermodel level. That's the average in Asia. And so I've watched this happen. I've been in Japan 13 years. Every time I re visit the United States, people are bigger and bigger. And at a younger age, I'm seeing like fat kids. And I mean obese. BMI, whatever, that's not a real number, you know, but you just, you can know what fat is by looking at it. And yeah. I was just appalled last time I went to Texas. Everybody in that airport was obese. Everybody. I was the only normal-sized person there. Everybody was fat, and I just thought, what's going on? I saw the fattest person I'd ever seen in my life three times all on that same trip. Just <laughs> like the record breaker, and then another record breaker. Two of them were women. And I just thought, why would you, why would you do that to yourself? Will you not wake up and look in the mirror and go, you know what? I don't need a donut today. Uh, or maybe they've just given up, but they don't care. Like, I don't care. It tastes good. I'm already fat, whatever. I don't know what they say to themselves, but we're telling people it's okay. Like, you don't go from a regular size to obese in one day. That takes years of bad habits to get that big. So there's so yeah. many chances to intervene. School, television, media, though, they don't. They're like, no, don't. everything is beautiful. Like, no, it's not. Everything is healthy. No, it's not. But you're not allowed to point out the obvious, just like you're not allowed to say there's men and women and everything else is pretend. They want to act like big is beautiful and all this. Like, no, it isn't. It's uh, it's something you need to work on. And there are people who are eating themselves to death. And you want to make fun of junkies, people who drew drugs or alcoholics? Well, you know, sugar addicts are just as bad. Like, you can... Uh, the quality of your life, even if you don't have a heart attack or anything, is just going to be way lower. Your sex life's going to be way lower. Your social life's going to be way lower. Uh, there are people who are so big in the United States that they have to sit on a chair with wheels, like an electric wheelchair, to go around Walmart. I call it the Fatmobile. That doesn't <laughs> exist here. But I'm like, what do you, what do you do? And those are supposed to be for the elderly. Right, age is caught up with them, so they use the chair because they don't want to walk a long distance, right? But they're perfectly young people, two arms, two legs. They weren't born handicapped. They're not old. There's nothing wrong with them other than they have too much cherry Pepsi or whatever. I mean, they're just fat, and it's disgusting. And they're we are up themselves. on uh, we are up on this spot, and they are break. Let's take this break and come back. And uh, we've got a bunch of callers, Ryan. People want to talk to you, my guy. All right. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. In times like these, you can't depend on the government to keep you warm and fed. But you can depend on the Vermont Bun Baker to do just that. With a Vermont Bun Baker, you'll never be in a situation where you can't cook, bake, fry, boil water, or heat your home, all at the same time. 
one of the most revolutionary cook stoves, wood stoves ever. The Vermont Bun Baker is available with or without soapstone veneer, a natural stone that retains heat and radiates it back into the room once the fire is out. A beautiful addition to your home. The Vermont Bun Baker has an efficiency rating well above 75% and qualifies for the wood stove tax credit. For more information, watch the Vermont Bun Baker on YouTube and live stream or visit us at www.vermontwoodstove.com. You can also reach us by calling 1-866-SOAPSTONE. Don't ever be hungry or cold because the power's gone out. With a Vermont Bun Baker, all you have to worry about is what's for dinner. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste by going to rbnhemppaste.com. That's rbnhemppaste.com. Health and wellness with the melodic tones of Lindsey Buckingham. Uh, Ryan Dawson, my special guest, talking health and wellness and fat shaming unashamed. Um, fat shaming is love speech. I love you fat people. I love all of you fatties. And I don't want you to die of diabetes or heart issues. And neither does Ryan. And that's why we're like coming down hard on you. And it may seem like it's hate, but it's not. It's love. Ryan, is it love? Yeah, well, it's care. It's concern. You know, I think, you know, if somebody has some kind of bad habit, whether it's drugs or sugar or whatever, or they're addicted to gambling or whatever, someone ought to tell them, hey, knock it off. And, they, well, like, and shame is a very powerful weapon. You if, don't tell if, somebody something's okay when it isn't. That's lying. You, oh, you don't want to hurt their feelings, so you rather you don't want to you don't want to deal with them being angry at you. So you're just going to let them destroy themselves. Exactly. Would you do that to your like, own children? I'm like, you wouldn't. Like, you want your child to be obese, right? You control their diet, and any kid that's obese, that's the parent's fault because you are completely in control of their diet. They don't have a, yeah. money, so everything in that house that they eat, you bought. That is absolutely correct. I brought that up before. Fat children, I mean, that's childless. It is. You know, I mean, you you decide what they eat. So I don't think they got that fat eating broccoli and vegetables. It would be pretty hard to do. You know, you really couldn't do that eating meats and stuff either. That's sugar and processed food. Almost food is what I call it. Well, Japan, uh, you know, 
they're pretty mean to fat people. They make them fight each other in, in their underwear, and <laughs> everybody laughs at. <laughs> All the skinny so, people are like, "Oh, look at this! It's called sumo wrestling." They put them in diapers and they make the fat people, uh, and they all cheer when one of them gets thrown on their head. <laughs> so Ryan, you, uh, you're very popular on RB. By the way, they look real fat, but a lot of that's muscle, actually, <laughs> for real. Of they're, course, it's a, it's a different kind of build. Yeah, like stronger sure it contests. It's yeah, it's a, they're big underneath that. Okay, it's impressive what these sure. guys can lift. Anyway. For children, I feel like when I see a fat kid, usually hey, their parents just neglect them. And what they've done is they let them sit down and watch a TV and drink, you know, Dr. Pepper or whatever. I don't know. And chips, mm-hmm. this is that just crap food and sedentary life. They're not pushing them into athletics uh, activities, even the minimal. Like, like every kid ought to learn how to swim if you can, right? Um if you're doing that, if you're getting the exercise, it makes you want to eat differently. And you just got to give them healthy food, balanced meal. You don't don't need this. You don't need keto or any of this stuff for kids. Just give them everything, balanced meal of real foods, meat and vegetables, maybe some fruit and some carbs. Simple. It's like your great grandparents told you. Right, look at them. Look at us. Who had the healthier diet? <laughs> they did. <laughs> Give them manual labor, manual labor, dude. Like work these kids. Mm-hmm. Walk with them. Have them walk the dog, dude. Just you imagine, like, just there are some kids. Some it's hard. You have a pretty fast metabolism as a kid. You got to work on destroying it. If you were just to jog or walk around, go up some stairs and things, it's, it doesn't take much to. Uh, get your heart in shape enough so that your metabolism is at a higher rate when you're sleeping and whatnot. You don't really burn a lot of calories by running around, but what you do is you change your resting heart rate, which lets you, so you're burning stuff when you're not doing anything. But you got to um, do some level activity. You got to try to get out of breath, right? Get, run till you get out of breath. And that is so healthy for you. No, not exhausted in the heat or something, but like, you know, when the, you get that cramp in your side, like all of us felt that during PE in the 80s, 70s. They made us run around the field, and you get that. Kids will get that cramp in their stomach, on the left side, like, oh, you know, because they're like <laughs> depleted assault. And you really got worked in physical education back in the day. And we had push up, pull up, sit and reach, jumping, and you were tested, and you could fail. Nowadays, PE is if you put on the pair of sneakers, it's called dressing out and show up every day. It's pass or fail. You just pass by participating. There's no minimal. There's no more mile run that had to be a you know, certain number of minutes. There's no uh, test how many pull-ups you can do. Right? Even if you do one, you know, hey, that's infinitely more than zero. They mm-hmm. don't test them. They don't push them. It's just... Did you wear the proper attire? Like you put on shoes and some kind of shorts or whatever, you pass. You were there. And it's just participation grades. Terrible. That's terrible. Ryan. But they really, they really can't fix it. They have so many obese kids that can't run or anything. They'd all fail. <laughs> like, well, then they need to fail. We're still on the same page. I mean, you're, you're popular on RBN, and we got a bunch of calls. Let's try to let's try to do a uh, blow through the calls. Um, got Dan, Mike, Bob, uh, Tom, and Denny. So try to make your points uh, very quick and, and address Ryan, and we'll get. Right, this. I'll try to answer them fast. Dan in Washington. Hey, yeah, I was at Walmart today, and I'd, I'd say about seventy percent of the women were obese. I mean, not just chubby, but I mean obese, you know. Walmartians. It's <laughs> yeah, Walmartians. Uh, real. Dude, do you real know quick, Japanese uh, people go to America and take pictures of fat people because it's like a tourist thing? Like, look at that one. Oh, I bet. It's amazing. You don't see that. I saw a music video. Y'all might remember this. You remember Chubby Checkers and the Fat Boys? 
It was like maybe 90, 89, I don't know. And I remember as a kid watching that, oh, the fat boys. Wow, they're fat, like Fat Albert. But I saw that same video last year. Like, those guys aren't even close to fat compared to just regular people I'd see in the airport <laughs> at Walmart or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not, that's nothing. They're I, people I like no neck. From, uh, just a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they almost, it's almost like a pop. I think it's part of the population reduction plan. I mean, I mean, there's no. No one wants to breed with these women once they get that fat. I mean, I saw man, a woman so big you know, she mean, had to turn sideways to go through the door, like a normal sized door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and barely scrape um, through that way. She was taller sitting it, down than standing up. I, I had friends from Norway though, and they were all skinny too. So it was definitely the Europe, European. At least at that time, Europeans were not uh, fat. Uh, well, it's hit like the UK is yeah. like I think the third fattest. Australia and the US are always number one. It's one of us every time, and then uh, yeah. it's the UK. But yeah, Eastern Europe, Northern Europe, less so. They're less sedentary as well. Um, mm-hmm. They're still a bit more of outdoor biking, walking. Uh, I know Americans that'll drive to their mailbox. Well, That's if you sad. go to New York City, yeah, if you go to New York City, you see a lot of uh, better-looking women, actually, because they, they just walk around, you know, use the subway and stuff like that. Uh, they're not, uh, not driving. No. I, I've noticed that. <laughs> no, I live, in, I live in Japan. It's like if you your dog will eat dog food until it's had people food, and then it'll never go back to dog food. Once you lived in Asia and then you go to New York, you're like, everybody's fat. It's still right. <laughs> like, it might be better than Houston or something, but yeah, and they're still Yankees too, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> on on nine eleven, uh, how does uh, well you know that story about let's roll when George Bush said that the guy had the box cutters and uh, the plane mm-hmm. was going down, and I I've heard that at that time the cell phone wouldn't work in a plane. Have you looked into that story? I mean, I think it's well, obviously calls, a propaganda story, but... The calls run air phones, not cell phones. People just assume cell phone. And a cell phone is unlikely to work at that altitude. But an air phone is designed to do calls. And they, they have recordings from the air phones. But, oh, okay. That's, you know, so that, that's, that's one of a, mil- a million, uh, like, misinformations about 9-11. They get all excited about this. And I'm like, well, if your premise is wrong, your conclusions are relevant. So, they, so you think they actually did call? Do you think that actually, so they called from an air phone? Is that what? Let me, t- what let, yeah, they, they called from air phones. And let me tell you why they want you to not know about the calls and dismiss them and not listen to any information. Because of Flight 93, for example, every single witness from that plane that was on the air phone, they were sharing the same phone, mentioned only three hijackers instead of four. And then very interestingly, uh, Zaid Al-Jara, who's supposed to be the pilot of that flight, there is no mention of him. He's supposed to be piloting, but they don't say his name. Even the other hijackers, who would definitely know who was piloting, uh, do not mention his name. They call another hijacker. And so it appears that he might not have been on that flight, but the only evidence we do have that Ziad was there is they they claim they found his unburned passport. Zaid Al-Jara's first two cousin, Youssef and Ali Al-Jara, were busted two months later as Israeli spies on Hezbollah. So what a coinkydink that he's got first cousins that are working for Israeli espionage and he's a 9-11 hijacker who isn't mentioned in the calls. And they have in the Masawi trial, they have a transcript of the calls. It was the, the Gamdali that they said was piloting. They never call for Ziad. They never said Al-Jara. And nobody said there were four men on the plane. That connects to a lot of other things with urban moving systems, other stuff with the Israeli role in 9-11. But if you get rid of the phone call, then you don't have the transcripts and you have none of that information. Do you think it was remote control? Is that what you you think, that planes planes went remote control and then uh, 
Like what about the ones it. that hit the? Uh, if if you power? were gonna do, if you were going to have remote control, you'd still need a hijacker on there pretending to do it, because you can't explain right. why a plane would just turn around in the middle of the air and go the other way and run into a building. Like you still have to have a hijacker, even if he's not really in charge. You gotta have hijackers. Because the the people on the plane would be like, the plane's just turning around. What's going on? You know, like no one did that. They're like, there are hijackers here. Yeah, it was hijackers. It's not that hard to crash a plane. They're just like suicidal jihadi hijackers, or they must have wanted to kill themselves, I guess. So I like the hitting the twin well, towers. They, in their belief is they're being a martyr. And you got to understand, in some of their own will and testament, these guys watched over half a million Iraqi kids and little babies starve to death from U.S. sanctions. They watched us bomb Beirut. They saw, you know, hundreds of Arabs and hundreds of thousands of Arabs in Iraq die and get humiliated by the United States. They watched them starve. They watched them jailed. They saw them bombed. And they thought when Bin Laden came, gave them the call, yeah, it was, it was not hard to find people willing to uh, dive into the Pentagon, especially, or the World Trade Center financial hub for in the, what they would call Great Satan. I understand. I don't agree with hijacking plays or any of that, but I completely understand how somebody could get to the point where – you know, imagine that happened to our country. We were being starved to death, and, you know, we felt like it was a threat to our religion. You put yourself in their shoes. Would any American do something violent? Damn right so, they so, would. Way before it got so to that you, point, right? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let other callers get on, but real quick, so you think it... Uh, listen, they, the- they assisted the damage by preemptively sabotaging the fire suppression systems in the buildings and got caught and went to prison for it. And no one of these 9-11 truth movements talk about that. You think there was nanothermite in the Twin Towers that made them collapse? No. No. We don't even even use thermite in things we blow up on purpose. Use shape chargers. It was RDX explosives because we know because they got caught in a van full of it. So you, so you think it happened pretty much like the official story? It's just Israel did it basically instead of no. Uh, but you think I, like as far I, as I, the no. planes crashing? I, I, wrong. I just told you two seconds ago that they preemptively sabotaged the fire prevention systems and they had vans full of RDX explosives. How is that remotely like the official story? Truck bombs and. To, and breaking yeah, the sprinkler well, system, yeah, like yeah, that's not. That not <laughs> well, none of it. It's like it's yeah. not like it at all. This is okay. what what you're espousing is typical kook stuff. It's like agree with me, where it's the official story. It's not a light. It's not an A or B situation. Well, no, no. I mean, I mean, it's the official story as far as like the plane hitting the Pentagon and then the plane, like you well, think there were yeah. actually hijackers doing. It was a plane and the, the, the Pentagon because it was still in the Pentagon. I mean, there's pictures of the charred bodies still in the seats. They have DNA evidence of everybody on the plane except for the baby. There's 144 witnesses. There's no reason for a switcheroo. So why not just hit it with the plane? It hit, they definitely hit New York with planes. There's no purpose in not using a plane, using a missile instead. Then you have to go fake the DNA, fake the bodies, fake the plane parts. It's ridiculous. They want right. to create an asinine, cuckoo, retarded version of 9-11 so that other people won't look at it. Like Scott Ritter right now, he's getting all these 9-11 kooks calling into his show. It's going to make him just go, the hell with this? Because when you say something as ridiculous as airplane denial, it's just like the people talking about corona that are like, viruses ain't real. You know, like, okay, you just, nobody wants to associate with that. That is dumber yeah, than yeah. hell. I've, I've never <laughs> denied the airplanes. I, you know, there's little... Well, denying an like, airplane like the, the Pentagon is, a, is 9-11 half-planer. I mean, like, we have more evidence for that one than any of the rest. It was okay. still in the building. I, I think the main, I think the main Luce, issue is change and Richard Gage and those guys have done irreversible damage about 9/11. Alex Jones too. Like, I swear that guy is like, 
These are the same people that say there's earthquake machines and there's school shooter denial and, and chemtrails and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, why are you piling all this stuff on? Like well, Israel and Saudi Arabia and the U.S. It was a jointly conducted covert operation. They blamed it solely on Al Qaeda when U.S. created Al Qaeda, funded them in Syria and Libya after 9/11. Like Al Qaeda is us. Well, so like what, what I think whatever 9/11 was, it was justification for the U.S. to go in and overthrow countries in the Middle East for the greater Israel. It's, well, that's what ended up happening, and it replaced the Cold War for trillions of dollars in funding on the next enemy, this vague war on terror. But what they do? They, well, they attacked Iraq for 9-11 is like attacking Mexico for Pearl Harbor. It doesn't make any sense. Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. But they lied and said they did. They said, oh, yeah, Mohammed Atta got anthrax from senior Iraqi officials. No, he didn't. Well, they met in Prague at this meeting. No, they didn't. In fact, Al-Qaeda didn't send the anthrax either. It was genetically traced back to our own labs in Fort Detrick, Maryland. And it got an upgrade in Dugway, Utah. I think we can all agree, though. Job. I think we can all agree, no matter what 9-11 was or how they did it, it was justification for the U.S. to do war in the Middle East for the greater Israel. Oh, yes. They wrongly associated Saddam Hussein to 9-11 to get a war in Iraq by lying about anthrax and mobile weapons labs and all that. And we invaded Iraq, which had nothing to do with 9-11 and did not have WMDs and killed almost a million people for nothing. So regardless of what 9-11 was, see what the purpose of it was. The purpose was for Israel. And that's why the anthrax note said death to America, death to Israel. Because Israel's the one doing it. Let's move on. They were laughing. Dan. They were celebrating the attacks because they knew America was about to pound the Muslims. That yeah, was I think the we goal. All agree. Uh, let's move on to we got Mike and then Bob up next. Uh, Mike in Kentucky. I try and get it back to fat people. <laughs> Hey, that's where I was wanting to go. That's where I was wanting to go, actually. I there had no idea then. that guy was going to go into 9-11, but I would encourage I, I you to look to into... I with one of those every show I do, whether yeah. I'm talking about Ukraine, health, whatever. They're like, you, so you think there were planes? Yes, no. there were planes. <laughs> you think? No planers thing is just, like you say, disinformation. But I would encourage you to look at... Um, uh, I, I just had his name... And I, it dropped out of my head. Jeremy Glick was an impossible yeah. cell phone call. And he was Israeli. I have to wonder if he had a special cell phone. But, you know, those dancing Israelis uh, tried to demonize the, the uh, Palestinians. And I have to wonder if a large uh, contingency of the Israeli intelligence community was led to believe this was going to be used to demonize the Palestinians. And some media did that, like CNN showed fake Charlie Rose. And did, yeah, Charlie Rose's uh, show with John McCain and others tried to associate Al Qaeda, Hezbollah, and Hamas all together. Yeah, which makes no sense. He's one Sunni, one Shia. Target because yeah. wasn't Hussein giving uh, money to the surviving five uh, family members of suicide bombers in Israel, and that's why Israel a big part of why they didn't like him. <laughs> he was. He, was he giving... also had he had scuds that could reach Tel Aviv. If you remember the first oh, Gulf yeah. War. The Patriot right. missile systems. Where he's firing? Yeah. Why is he firing at Israel? What's going on? I thought he'd be firing at the Americans. No, he's firing yeah. right over him at the Israelis, right? <laughs> sure, he could have hit American uh, bases or whatever. I guess. Um, well, who didn't? He, he did Israel. He knew damn well why he was getting invaded and who's behind it. Okay. And it yeah, wasn't the petrodollar at... or the euro or any of that because that didn't even exist right. in the first Gulf War. <laughs> who is Israel? So, well. Petrodollars technically existed since the deal for mutual protection with Saudi Arabia in about 1970. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with why we invaded Iraq. Is what no. I'm saying. Like, yeah, no. I mean, he he did want to get away from the dollar, but so back to the fat people well, thing. The, that's why the, the Europeans in. invaded with us. I mean, so. Yeah. Uh, the uh, have you looked at the bliss? Point research. I've seen my posts on that get censored. Like uh, they're using these immortal stem cells as fake, or sim to do taste research. And uh, I posted about the origin for that. There was a lawsuit uh, from the family 
of an uh, aborted black baby in western New York that they made their stem cells into uh, immortal cells and they uh, they use it to graph or predict the um, sweetness that people will tolerate and when high fructose corn syrup was switched out into new coke which is like you know uh, I don't know 1984 I don't know when the new coke came out but that's when they added high fructose corn syrup which is 170% sweeter than sugar. So what did they do? They added a lot more salt to the pop so that you uh-huh. don't perceive the sweetness. So that's rigged right there. And then you throw in there all There is the some pre- research that African Americans have trouble uh, dealing with salt. Yes. As well. And then I know the did I lose you? Sort of no, I'm click. Okay. Uh, the hi- increasing use of high fructose or excuse me uh, insulin resistance caused by hydrogenated vegetable oils, which replaced beef tallow and stuff like that. I was I was involved. By in the way, vegetable craze, oil is like ninety percent soy. That's the vegetable and vegetable oil. Well, there's all kinds of hydrogenated vegetable oil. It's not just soy. Um, corn oils can be hydrogenated. I mean, all, a bunch of them. It's right. a shelf stable product. And if you look at the labels, it says. Uh, it'll say uh, cottonseed and or uh, canola oil and or this. Well, check oil. out it's a like, lot what? of them. It'll be like it'll have pictures of like carrots and stuff, but you look at it, it's like soy, soy, soy extract, soy. The, on yeah, most of them. which they they're using the uh, round a roundup. I think has been uh, beyond off label use in a lot of agricultural stuff as a drying agent, not even on genetically modified. Crops, but that's that's another issue that that's probably not related to Monster. diabetes. Except that your body naturally tries to store toxins and fat. So if you're eating, you know, stuff that your body can't deal with, it can it pushes it into the fat as a natural response, and then that fat produces estrogen, which furthers the snowball effect. So mm-hmm. you know, the Bible talks about their God is their belly. You know, they create the food that they craved. And that kind of stuff, and that's a lot of that is referred to when the Hebrews were wandering in the wilderness. They missed the meat that they had back in Egypt, and God sent quail, which was tainted and and killed a bunch of them. And they named it, they named the place where they died after that event, and it's called lust. They actually lusted for the meat of the pagan uh, captivity that they endured in Egypt, and in Revelations it warns twice in the same breath against uh, my people being tricked into eating meat sacrificed to idols and sexual morality in the same breath. So the AIDS thing ties right in with that. In Africa, they noticed that the AIDS pandemic in Africa was fomented by a lack of selenium in the diet. It was a much higher sexual. I hear the music. Yeah, we're going to show the problem. Based on the lower criteria for what counted as AIDS. The problem is that the Bible does not. Um, go. And there is no historical Exodus story. Anyway, uh, we ran out of time. Thanks, Ryan, for joining. No problem. Thank you so much. In trying so many different coffees that were so good and uh, every time I came back uh, to the US I was so disappointed with the coffee so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee, it's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.